Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. The following segment is from the off-day debrief on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. I think they are going to get, the Colts now, are going to get two former Eagles quarterbacks, and neither of them are going to be Carson Wentz. So it's going to be Nick Foles. So the Eagles will trade Carson Wentz to the Bears. And obviously the Bears are not keeping Nick Foles if Carson Wentz goes there because Carson Wentz will not stand for that dynamic. <laughs> no, I think he I think he loves Nick Foles. I think they're great friends personally, but not working relationship. Like that's not gonna happen. <laughs> so uh the Colts actually were showing interest in Foles last year. I don't think the Jaguars wanted to trade him so much in the division especially if the offers were similar. So uh, I think the Colts kind of get left uh, on the outside looking in a little bit here. Like Foles isn't necessarily their top option, but uh, they go with Foles, you know, Frank Wright connection. And same thing with Nate Sudfeld, who I also have the Colts signing, who obviously not really coming in here to, to be a primary starter or anything. Uh, or maybe even have a super real chance that that just might be a camp body. Um, but I think Frank Reich always talked about Nate Sudfeld highly here when he was in Philly. So I think they get two former Eagles quarterbacks and neither of them are Carson Wentz. See, that's interesting to me because the Colts are in a good spot. If you're an Indy fan, you're happy because they, they do need a quarterback with Phillip Rivers retiring, but they're not desperate, I don't think. I think they have a team that's good enough around the quarterback position that they don't feel like we have to go crazy and make a move, which I think is frustrating the Eagles because I think the Eagles know that the Bears are going to eventually win that sweepstake. What the Eagles want is some sort of interest for the Colts, which will then drive up the price for the Bears. The Colts are smart and they're not doing that because they don't have to. So that's frustrating if you're the Eagles trying to trade Carson Wentz. but. I would have been totally on board with what you just said, but your Ben Roethlisberger to the Colts like theory that you kind of threw out there is fascinating to me because the Colts have shown they're willing to go with veteran guys. Like they're not necessarily like looking to bring in the quarterback for the next 10 years. Chris Ballard had a quote earlier this offseason that I actually saved because I'm planning to, to use it uh, for the 49ers podcast, which is like you don't just draft a quarterback in the first round to draft one. Because if you do and it doesn't work out, you're going to be in just as much hot water as you were before you made the pick. So I think that Ben to the Colts might be interesting. And I could see the Colts kind of sitting back, checking out the Pittsburgh situation. Chris Bauer dials up Kevin Colbert and says, hey, man, what do you uh, what, what's going on with Ben here? Do you think we could uh, make a move? I think that Pittsburgh would love to get out of that deal. So maybe they're not looking for a huge return back for Ben Roethlisberger. That that is that's got some legs to it. I give you credit. It's interesting. Well, I mean, you're the one who just made the. I mean, I brought it up, but you you've just fleshed it out fully there. More so. Um, 
I think it's interesting because the Colts are in a spot where you would think by now they would kind of just want to get their guy, right? Like, Because they've had to go through this with Luck for a year and then Brissett for a year and then Rivers for – like they, they probably just want their guy. Like ideally, right? Like they don't want to have to keep going through quarterbacks. But at the same time, like you kind of just said, I don't think Chris Ballard is going to just rush into something. They're not going to – they want their guy, but they're not going to just be like, well, we just have to get a guy. So we're just going to go get one. Like they're going to wait to make the right move at that position. And I think that's fine in the sense they have the – job stability to do that it's not like they need to win now you know they made the playoffs or they're one and two in the playoffs you know since Wright got there and they had a respectable season uh when Brissett had to start unexpectedly so they're in a good spot um and I think with the Foles thing bringing it back to my point is that obviously he's not going to be probably your long-term answer but if you're looking for a situation in that Nick Foles thrives in it's one that has the supporting cast around him, I would argue, kind of like the Colts do in terms of one of the league's best offensive lines, a really good defense. Like all the pressure is not going to be on Foles and the cost to acquire him is obviously not going to be very much at all at this point. So uh, I think, you know, again, this prediction here kind of assumes they miss out on maybe some of the bigger swings. Like I don't think they're going to get to Sean Watson. I don't really think it makes a ton of sense necessarily to trade up for a guy unless they, they really love him. I mean, that would just take a big haul. I mean, that would take a big move for them to do as much and I think uh if it kind of comes down to the point where they're not going to get those big tickets and maybe like, maybe I should even put them in the mix for Dak Prescott maybe that could happen um but assuming they don't get one of those guys and they kind of just reset here I think they're kind of going to just do what they did with like Rivers and be like all right let's buy another year let's just not invest too much into it while we can still be competitive with a Ben Roethlisberger or a Nick Foles and then you bring in a Nate Sudfeld too just as a lottery ticket because he has experience with Reich and who knows maybe something works out um but but yeah I think uh, it's going to be Foles, Sudfeld, and then I guess they're going to bring back uh, Jacob Eason, who they drafted last year. Yeah, I wonder if the Colts were not kind of scarred by the whole Andrew Luck retirement thing. And what I mean by that is, you know, they thought they had their guy. They thought they had the stud of studs and he was going to be there for the next decade or, you know, 15 years. And then all of a sudden, bam, Andrew Luck retires during the preseason and throws a huge wrench into all of their plans. I wonder if from that experience, they're like, you know what? Maybe we don't need to always be looking for the guy that's going to be here for 10 years. Maybe we need to just kind of figure this thing out in one or two year windows while this team is really good. And, you know, we'll see where we wind up. It's it's a strategy of team building that I don't think has really been used. But I think their experience has kind of shaped them a little bit and to maybe go a different way. Especially when you look at the contract side of it, because they don't have that big quarterback contract on the books. They are second in the NFL in terms of cap space. They have 69.1 million. It's a nice amount. They have a ton of money to spend in free agency this year. What if they kind of just like the thinking there is, okay, they're going to go in uh, not so super hard on a quarterback, but they can go in super hard on this market this offseason, which should be a buyer's market because it's not like, I mean, I'm looking at over the cap right now in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve teams right now. Stats currently are over the cap. Wow. So, you know, more than any offseason, you would think teams aren't going to have all teams at least aren't going to have the money to spend. So uh, I think that's an advantage for the teams and they might be able to get some really good players in free agency on good deals um, in part because they don't have that quarterback contract on the book. So maybe they kind of just get an okay quarterback like a Foles or a Roethlisberger or whatever, and kind of just try to build a super team, as you mentioned earlier. Hey, around oh. them. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, think about, okay, so they get Foles, and then let's look at, they need a couple wide receivers there. I think they need some better weapons. They could go sign Allen Robinson and Kenny Galladay at wide receiver, and then you're like, holy crap. They have a good offensive line. They have a quarterback that can get the ball downfield with a coaching staff and a system he's familiar with. They have a good running back in place already. They have a really strong defense with Leonard and Buckner there. All of a sudden, the Colts like are looking pretty damn good. You can hear the rest of this conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL Show wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.